This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex trading-related questions every Monday morning. Now, if you have a Forex trading-related question on your mind, check the material. The answer is probably there within a podcast or a trading video. And if it is not, you can always hit up the No Nonsense Forex Discord forum. A link will be provided down below in the description and in the show notes. So a few things to talk about before we get into the question, and that's fine because I think the answer to the question is going to be a bit shorter than it normally would be. So to fill out a good podcast for you, we'll talk about some other things up front here. First off, I didn't know if you know this or why anybody else would care but me, but the Forex Q&A podcast has just turned one year old today. On June 22nd, 2008, I shoot these podcasts on Saturday, so it's June 22nd, 2019 as I say this. I began the podcast. I released the very first episode, and I did it with absolutely no expectations. I had no idea how many people out there uh, wanted to trade the way I did, because there's so much fascination and love for the way it had been traded before. Um, I also didn't really know what kind of podcast people wanted in the Forex space, and I really didn't care. I was just going to do things the way I did it and see what happens. But almost everything out there currently is uh, interview-based podcasts. So I really didn't know if there was any demand at all for some far too outspoken Forex prop trader with ADD to enter the mix. Yet here we are, one year later, with one of the most, if not the most popular Forex trading podcasts on planet Earth. I have no idea if we're number one or not. I can measure my own numbers, but I can't measure other people's numbers as far as actual podcast listens go. I do know we're the number one Forex trading podcast on YouTube, so big thanks to the YouTube community out there. Um, There are some podcasters out there that don't even know you can do that. You can put every podcast you make right onto YouTube instantly. And I highly recommend it, especially if you have an international subject that you're talking about, because a lot of people just don't bother with podcast players. It's not their thing. Um, But everybody has YouTube. Uh, Unless you're in China or North Korea, I'm not 100% sure how that works, but almost everybody else. If you really want to reach that global audience, YouTube is the place to be. But a big thank you to everybody, no matter where you are or where you listen to the podcast, for subscribing and binging and adding your own questions. You know, this podcast is just as much about you as it is anything else. These are the questions you have had along the way that you could not find a good answer to anywhere else. So I hope that over time we were able to provide those answers for you and help you go even further in your Forex journey and hopefully get you at your destination as soon as we can. And I think the topic for episode 53 is going to help you get there. Uh, But I'm not segueing yet. Uh, A few more things to talk about. Uh, Last Thursday, I had put out a YouTube video talking about the top two Forex trading brokers I recommend in the entire world. These are not brokers that I get to experience really myself outside of just kind of going in and messing around with the tools. Uh, But brokers I did a pretty healthy dose of research on. That's about as far as I can really go. And I was getting a lot of questions about these brokers that I just don't know the answers to. Um, So for anybody that did have questions or issues or anything on the brokers I talked about, uh, just speak with the two people that I mentioned in the video. They are more than happy to help. That is why they are there, but they can provide you way more help than me. There's a chance that I might actually give you the wrong answer, and that's what we don't want. Um, And I was also getting a lot of questions on other brokers, like, what do you think about these guys or these guys? Those are not very good questions to ask me. Um, What I'm going to do, I think, is I think next week's podcast episode is going to kind of be a little bit of a broker Q&A. It's either going to be the whole episode or part of the episode. 
And I will kind of group all the questions I'm getting together that I can answer and answer them there. And then also tell you why I don't talk about other brokers. Um, I mean, I do talk about other ones that I have used, but if I haven't actually used them, um, then I'm not going to talk about them on my channel. But we'll go over that next week. Um, But if you haven't seen that video yet, definitely check it out. I will link it down below in the show notes as well. That's a pretty hot button topic um, for a lot of people. And it was a little risky for me to put out a video like that because everybody has very, very strong opinions. It's a very emotional topic for a lot of people. I I knew it was going to be, but I didn't know how much to a degree it actually was. Um, But I myself have gotten the question so many times. I mean, it's like the number one question I get on the Big Banks video for some reason. People just like throw it out there. So I wanted to make sure that I spent some time answering it. And the, the response has been tremendous so far. People are very happy with the whole onboarding procedure and looking forward to getting started. Now, moving on to more current events, not really something I go over. I like almost everything and everything I do to be evergreen, to be something that people four or five years from now can look back on and actually be relevant to them so they're not sitting there wasting their time. But we need to talk a little bit because things are moving in the markets and they are moving in very unusual ways. So the overall United States stock market is up. But ever since July rate cuts were announced, things are going a little crazy. Um, Things are happening the way I predicted they would happen. I just didn't know when they were going to happen. And I don't know if this is going to be the actual start of the run or not. All of the gold bugs seem to think it is, but all of the gold bugs are typically really, really bad at predicting actually when these things happen. So take it all with a grain of salt. Uh, But metals have skyrocketed, especially gold and silver and palladium to a degree. And the dollar, the United States dollar, has fallen. In the USD video that I put out a few weeks ago, I had warned against this. And I'm not saying, hey, look, I predicted it. What I did say was, I think it's going to happen over time. And I really want you guys to do everything you possibly can to protect yourselves from this. And no matter what your income level is, here are some things that you can do. Things that carry a very low downside. Um, But the upside, especially if everything just completely falls off a cliff, can really be quite significant when it's all said and done. I mean, during these really bad economic downturns, and I think the one coming up is going to be really bad, those who just tread water and keep a a break-even to their overall money and their income, uh, those are the ones that end up really winning in the end. But if you can actually make money on top of that, and I do think that is very possible, uh, the upside especially compared to the downside, uh, can be really, really great. And like always, this is not licensed financial advice, but um, as always, I just I tell you what I'm doing and what I like, and I hopefully provided a good reason why. So if you have not seen that video, I'm going to link that one down below as well. It's not so much a technical Forex trading video like a lot of the other ones are, um, but again, a video that I think a lot of people really got a lot out of, and I was happy to see. Uh, but if this is the big run, Traders, do whatever you can to protect yourself. Don't make it to where these moves become FOMO moves. Make the smart choices and make the sacrifices early. In the end, everybody's goal here is to become a professional Forex trader. I get that, and it's a great lifestyle, but you don't want to ever completely have to rely on the money you make because this market goes through cycles. So set yourself up to where you have other money doing other things for you in the background. All right, that's where the game's really won. You know, being able to draw from both sides like that. 
So let's go ahead and get into this week's question. This week's question is from Vernon, and Vernon says he is a Brit living in Riga, Latvia. Okay, so Vernon's question is, when backtesting my system, how do I know how much drawdown is too much? And again, I love questions like this um, because it really shows that so many of you out there are putting in the work backtesting. And not only that, you're trying to backtest the right way. You understand how important it is to get this part right. And you're not wanting to leave anything to chance. And this is something I really probably should have mentioned, but it just never crossed my mind along the way. And uh, people in the past have also asked how much drawdown I have in my account. And I never really thought about it. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Because there are two types of drawdown. There's your classic variety, and then there's kind of a a more hidden variety. And it's not really that hidden. We're going to talk about it. Um, But I did a quick lookup on the actual definition. I'm like, what is the most prevalent definition out there? Because sometimes I look at words and definitions differently than other people do. So let me see what's currently out there. And if you just go to Google right now and type in drawdown definition, uh, you're going to get a Google dictionary definition. And then as usual, Investopedia is going to be the very next uh, link you can click on. And then they talk about it there. So I went to both and I liked one definition far better than I did the other. So on the Google dictionary, uh, definition number two is how it actually applies to us. And it says a decline in an investment or fund. And that was it. Um, But I liked their definition much, much better than what Investopedia had. And Google does not have a bunch of blinky ads off to the side that distract you while you're trying to read, so shout out to Google. But let me go ahead and read you Investopedia's definition here. It says, what is drawdown? A drawdown is a peak to trough decline during a specific period for an investment, trading account, or fund. So seems pretty good there, but then it goes on to say, a drawdown is usually quoted as the percentage between the peak and the subsequent trough. If a trading account has $10,000 in it, and the funds drop to 9000 before moving back above 10000 then the trading account witnessed a 10% drawdown. Okay, so uh, I read the rest of the article, and the rest of the article just pretty much didn't say anything different than what I just told you. So what they're really trying to say, I guess, is let's put it in the terms we use here. So I always start with a, a $50,000 account. And for most of us, that's a demo account. That's fine. But all I'm apparently supposed to measure is the loss I took on that account from where it began, and that's my drawdown. So if I drop down from 50000 to 48000 so this would be a 4% drawdown. Uh, well, what would happen then if my very first few trades were positive, and then at no point in time did I ever dip below that 50000 because when I'm back testing and forward testing, this happens more often than it doesn't. And you're probably experiencing this too. Uh, but according to Investopedia, you would just have a 0% drawdown. And if you were to tell somebody that, tell somebody who is interested in you trading for them, uh, that would be highly misleading. Because that's probably not the definition they're looking for. I really don't know how people want this to be calculated. All right? I don't know what people are looking for. Uh, but let's say a wealthy investor is coming your way. And they say, I want to give you $2 million of my money to trade on my behalf because I heard you make 15% year after year, and that's something I'm very interested in. Um, But what is my drawdown? What is your drawdown year over year? What percentage are we looking at here? 
And if you tell that guy zero, he's going to get up and walk away from you because he's going to feel like you're scamming him. So the real definition I want us to look at is the first one, any kind of decline. Now, I could be looking into Investopedia's definition incorrectly, but when they gave that example of the 10,000 dropping down to 9,000, that's what made me think that this is not really what we should be going after. Drawdown, by our definition, is how much of a drop do you experience at any point in time in those 12 months? That is what people who are looking to give you their money to trade are going to really want to know because there will always be periods of decline in your trading. And if they just so happen to enter the fray right before those declines are about to take place, in their minds, how much do they stand to lose before the gains start coming in? So what is the maximum amount you had lost peak to trough? whether this occurred in the span of a few days or eight to nine months. Give me the highest drop peak to trough, top to bottom. I hope this makes sense. I mean, this drawdown is really a stat for people who are interested in you trading for them, even though it is something we should always be conscious of no matter what. And it's something I never really paid attention to because I'm just so used to the ebbs and flows of trading. And I don't think my drawdown is very high. So it's not something I ever really looked at too much because let's be honest, the time where we really see it the most is right there at the beginning. And I touched on this a little bit in the past saying, okay, if you take a $50,000 account and you take it down to a $40,000 account, that is absolute Armageddon because now you have to turn into somebody who just took a 20% drawdown and now all of a sudden morph into somebody who's better than Warren Buffett and get a 25% return just to break even. Think about that for a minute. Now, if you have as high as a 20% drawdown, there is probably something terribly wrong with your own risk management. So I guess it's possible to get back to that point, but with cancerous risk management like you probably have, the chances of you losing all of your clients' money compared to you being able to provide consistent returns for them year after year are very, very high. So this is my short way of saying if you are experiencing 20% drawdown or higher, you need to completely stop, start over, and reevaluate what you're doing. But what type of drawdown is acceptable? I'm going to say aim for no more than 10% at any point in time. And if at any point in time you are experiencing more than 10%, Take a look at those areas where you took those big losses, isolate them, and find out where you could have done better. Maybe your volume indicator was not preventing you from taking trades like it should have. Maybe your exit indicator was not getting you out when it should have. But take a look at it and try to improve. I don't want you guys consistently getting a 10% drawdown. I actually want you to do better. And people ask me what mine is, and I don't really know what mine is. It would take me going back and looking at years of trading and trying to find all these little points. The fact that I have already done it means it's really hard for me to go measure. However, I didn't really know my drawdown numbers or how bad it could actually get with my trading. And then along came oil. I have mentioned once or twice before that I'm forward testing uh, something that I have that I think is going to work really good on trading uh, U.S. oil, West Texas oil. So I started with the $50,000 account on demo, 
And then right out of the gate, I just absolutely ate my balls over and over. Loss after loss and the bad type too, the ones that go all the way and hit your stop loss. And I took that sucker all the way down to right about the $46,000 range in a pretty short amount of time. Um, But I knew in my head that I had back-tested this pretty well, and I know it works pretty well over time. So maybe I'm just getting my worst drawdown now. So let's just keep going and see what this turns into. If it's terrible, well, fine. You know, I'll scrap it and I'll try something else. Uh, But it's only fair that I give this thing a full run. And uh, staying true to form, I stuck with it and it got back to break-even, and now it's doing pretty darn well. Uh, But that level of drawdown, especially in that short amount of time, was something I haven't experienced in a while. Um, So I can tell you with confidence, you know, I I almost got to a 10% drawdown and that would have been memorably bad for me. And I know a lot of you guys are much newer traders and you will get a lot better with experience. Um, But large drawdown is still large drawdown no matter who you are. So I've given people different answers over time, but now, after really looking at it, or looking at it about as well as I can, let 10% be your guidepost. Um, Really try not to go any further beyond that, and always try to improve on it over time. Because you know how we do things here, traders. We win by not losing. We really pay attention to how much we can mitigate and minimize and completely eliminate losses in our account. So questions like this are very important questions to no-nonsense Forex traders. And it took me a whole year to answer it, but there it is. So it's turned out to be a longer podcast than I thought it was going to, but that's fine. I hope you enjoyed it, and thank you for enjoying this podcast for an entire year now. This podcast would not be number one without you. And in turn, what I hope I have done this past year is answer all of the most popular questions that are floating out there right now that traders want to know. The, The path to real success in this market is very narrow. So anything I can do to keep you from straying off of that path is going to get you there even faster. But how fast it actually takes depends on you. So you know what to do. Go get it.